Welcome to Let's Talk Brock. Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to this episode of the Let's Talk Brock podcast. Uh, today, we're joined by three very special guests to discuss Brock University's newest program, Forensic Psychology and Criminal Justice. I'd like to welcome uh, Vula Marinos, Associate Professor from the Department of Child and Youth Studies, Angela Book, Professor from the Department of Psychology, and Associate Professor Matthew Hennegar from the Department of Political Science. Uh, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, Forensic Psychology and Criminal Justice, or FPAC for short, uh, draws on courses and faculty research and expertise in the departments of psychology, political science, and child and youth studies. So I guess we'll just start from the top. Um, Professor Hanegar, uh, what makes FPAC unique? So I think there's two big things, Dan, and uh, I would say transdisciplinarity and experiential learning. So I'll quickly just uh, say a word about that, each of those. Uh, transdisciplinary, what I'm getting at there, it's a, a fancy word, uh, but what it means is that when we're studying criminal justice, crime and aggression, we're weaving together a bunch of different disciplines. So psychology, child development, criminology, uh, child and youth studies, as well as uh, legal and political dimensions. So we have this really broad and nuanced way of looking at the issues of crime and aggression. Uh, we're looking at uh, individual factors, uh, social factors, political, uh, also using a, a variety of diverse uh, methods. Um, on the experiential learning part, uh, I know we're gonna talk a bit more about that later in our session, uh, but very quickly, just to say that we do have that woven through the curriculum um, and we did, develop that in consultation with our uh, partners, for example, practicum partners who are also potential employers. So that would include uh, the mental health, corrections, and law enforcement sectors. That is great. And it's uh, it's a really unique program in the sense that you're, you're drawing on courses from uh, three separate departments and, and drawing on the um, uh, connections in the field, in the region, uh, within those areas of study. Uh, Professor Marinos, as we look at um, we're looking at taking courses in the departments of psychology, political science, and child and youth studies. How flexible is the course selection for the program going to be for students, um, just knowing that there's um, the ability to take courses in three separate departments? Right, and I think just to touch on what Professor Henniger mentioned, is it's what makes FPAC unique. Of course, in first and second year, there are some foundational courses in the departments of Child and Youth Studies, Psychology, and Political Science. And even within those two years, there is some flexibility in terms of uh, context credits. Um, as we move into the uh, third and fourth years, a student is able to specialize a little bit more and explore their interests. So you might be interested in aggression and, uh, and or psychopathy and take some courses in the psychology department in those areas. You might be interested in the legal system and the Charter of Rights and Freedoms and take some courses in political science. You might be interested in how the courts deal with uh, the mentally disordered offender, and that is a concept that's used in the criminal code, and a look at young people specifically in the Department of Child and Youth Studies. So certainly as we move throughout the um, 
the, the levels or years in the program, a student is really able to um, specialize. Uh, one of the other really important parts of an undergraduate degree um, are the critical thinking skills that uh, we, we encourage and is part of our curriculum. And of course, methods um, courses in quantitative and qualitative um, methodologies. And so that is part of the curriculum and uh, really provides then on the whole, the student with a very um, broad-based um, education, but also specialized in terms of their interests. That's great to hear. And um, I think you touched on the part about critical thinking is, is so important. And um, so students in FPAC, as they're in their courses and they're, they're choosing courses towards a specialty that they're most interested in, they're going to start to assess situations from a variety of perspectives uh, through the courses that they've taken. So I'd, I'd like to ask this question uh, to all of you. Um, let's say that uh, we are assessing a situation, uh, let's say youth and the justice system. Um, how would each of your departments and the students uh, analyze this, this situation? And what perspectives would they be coming at this uh, problem from? And I guess if, if you want to start with uh, Professor Book. Sure. So um, in terms of psychology, what you're really looking at is uh, things about the individual. So your focus then is on um, whether uh, there are brain differences, for example, between people who engage in uh, criminal and aggressive behavior versus those who don't. Uh, you might look at developmental issues, especially if you're talking about youth in the criminal justice system. You might look at situational factors, so uh, things about their family or about um, uh, their peers, for example. So we know we know that uh, children who are hanging out with antisocial peers are more likely to engage in that behavior themselves, either because they're observing it or um, just you know being around it more. So uh, in your example, you might also look at those personality traits uh, that might predispose you to engage in risk taking, for example. So uh, impulsivity or psychopathic traits, um, which incidentally can be measured uh, fairly young. So at age of six, I think, is where they uh, start measuring that, not diagnosing, but measuring. Um, equally important, you might be concerned with um, whether there are differences between people who continue into adulthood with their criminal behavior versus those who stop after adolescence. So there are a number of things that you could look at with regards to youth, definitely. It's, uh, it's really interesting approach and uh, Professor Marinos, and we'll go to you next. Um, how would uh, students and, and professors from the Department of Child and Youth Studies um, look at this type of situation? Right, so um, from a uh, criminological perspective and in the Department of Child and Youth Studies, we would be looking certainly at individual factors, but the focus would shift more towards um, social and cultural factors. So sociocultural factors, meaning those factors, not only within our immediate environment, but more broadly within the environment. 
So for instance, how do institutions such as schools um, or a child welfare system, or in fact the criminal justice system itself, influence and perpetuate um, criminal behavior? And so we are interested more in the focus or the lens of society and um, not only within the young person's immediate environment, but again, more broadly in some of those systemic factors. And so we know, for instance, um, there is quite a bit of evidence looking at the criminal justice system and how there is systemic discrimination within the system itself. And so we look at intersections of age and gender, racialization and class, disability or ability to to understand how those broader systemic factors would play a role in young people engaging in crime. So we've now covered two of the three approaches and, and there's some similarities but also some some differences in analyzing that situation. Uh, so let's now look at the Department of Political Science. Uh, Professor Henniger, how would um, you and your students assess this situation? So what political science uh, brings to the equation, I think, is uh, a focus on policymaking and the role of power. So, for example, if we were looking at uh, youth justice policy, we'd say, what sorts of political factors shape the youth justice uh, policies and the laws that we adopt? So we would, for example, study things like public opinion, ideology, um, major events like a high-profile crime, um, the power and lobbying of various organized groups, um, the role of political party competition and elections, uh, or political leadership. Um, we'd also probably, uh, safe to say, look at uh, policy impact and, and the role of institutions, our political institutions. So, for example, uh, how have the courts shaped the approach to, for example, uh, mental health uh, and how that's treated in the legal uh, or criminal justice system? Um, what sorts of policies uh, have been assessed and found, you know, wanting by by the judiciary, um, as well as you know reforms on the legislative side uh, uh, to account for changes in things like psychology research. Uh, so all of that would be part of, I think, the political science bundle. That's really interesting, and, and thank you all for the perspective that uh, that yourselves and, and students would analyze this situation with. Um, at Brock, all of our programs offer experiential learning um, throughout their degree, uh, and FPAC is no different. Um, Professor Book, going off of this case and how students will be able to analyze this situation, there's going to be uh, opportunity for them to get um, experience outside of the classroom uh, and, and uh, in a working environment. Can you touch on what some of the experiential learning opportunities um, that will be available to students through the FPAC program? Sure. Um, so we have numerous ways in which we um, integrate the experiential education. Um, probably uh, the most uh, salient is the uh, practicum at the fourth uh, year level. So students will have an opportunity to uh, engage in this practicum, which could be in the law enforcement uh, sector, criminal justice, uh, the mental health sector, or even the forensic or correctional sector. We have uh, numerous uh, practicum partners, which as uh, Dr. Henniger said, we actually engaged 
those sectors in creating the program. So we wanted it to be a program that would provide people with the actual skills that employers wanted. So the same people who are providing those practicum spots are people who were involved in creating the program. So that gives them definitely uh, some skills that they can put on their resume and use, use later for their career. Um, the second uh, potential experiential uh, education component is the honors thesis. So um, at the fourth year, again, uh, uh, students have the opportunity to actually hone their research skills with uh, experts in the field of forensic psychology and criminal justice and uh, in any of the areas. Um, they could actually even pick someone outside of these three departments if they wanted them to be their supervisor uh, for a forensic psychology and criminal justice thesis. Um, it just has to be in the topic area of, of uh, that broad area of forensic psychology and criminal justice. Um, and the final way that we actually have experiential education is that it is woven throughout uh, within the seminar system. So, for example, just from my own course um, at the fourth year level, we do have one seminar where we expect students to use a case study and actually do a risk assessment to evaluate uh, how likely someone is to reoffend in the future using actual uh, risk assessment instruments. So they're getting those skills at being able to judge those kinds of things. Um, as well, uh, I have a criminal profiling seminar where people are engaging in actual profiling techniques uh, and learning those skills. So those kinds of things are very useful for students and they're very hands on. That's incredible. Um... And so through the, the course of these few minutes so far, we've we've touched on kind of a student's trajectory through the program. And, and um, so now we've touched on some of these experiential learning opportunities through the fourth year. Um, so I guess my question to uh, Professor Marinos is, uh, students are now graduating in a few years. What are some of the career outcomes uh, for these graduates from the FPAC program? Well, um, I think a variety. Uh, I think I would like to begin by certainly just emphasizing that one of the objectives of this program is to make sure that uh, a graduate of FPAC would have um, a, a holistic understanding of individuals involved in multiple systems that interact with forensic psychology and criminal justice. And that begins from um, youth to adulthood, right? And so that's in and of itself really quite uh, unique because many programs often have more of an emphasis on the adult. Um, so the critical thinking skills are really important. And in terms of um, careers, certainly law, law enforcement, uh, corrections, social work, forensic psychology, um, you know, uh, clinical psychology, and um, academia would be some areas that that students would be have the foundations to certainly um, go go further with. That's amazing. Um, a lot of possibilities, both in uh, in the program and and after graduation. Yes. Um, Oh, that's amazing. I, 
Thank you so much to all of you for sharing about the program and, and uh, especially with it being so new and, and exciting for everybody. Um, but before we go, I wanna ask a quick question for all of you and, and that's um, hoping you'd be able to share some of the examples of the research uh, that either yourselves or other mem uh, faculty members in, uh, in FPAC um, take part in. And so what is, what is your research um, revolve around? And I guess I'll start with, uh, with Dr. Buck. Okay, so yeah, research in the psychology department that relates to uh, the forensic program is quite diverse. So uh, we do have people looking at deception and how it develops. Uh, we have people looking at the evolution of aggression and antisocial behavior. We have people looking at head injuries and the uh, influence that that has on impulsivity and aggression and that kind of thing. Um, we have people looking at prejudice and discrimination and how that might lead to hate crimes. Um, myself, uh, what I look at is uh, psychopaths and how they might select their victims and how they look for vulnerability in people. So it's very, it's quite diverse in uh, what people are looking at. And we also have someone looking at bullying and aggression in youth. So uh, yeah, quite, quite diverse. Um, I, I think uh, my favorite, of course, is the psychopathy, but uh, that's just uh, me being biased. And uh, uh, Professor Marinos, what about uh, faculty in the Department of uh, Child and Youth Studies? Right, so the faculty in the Department of Child and Youth Studies um, has is also uh, quite broad. Um, our department has um, individuals that focus in on um, developmental psychology, sociology, anthropology, disability studies, human rights, uh, really a, a wide variety. In terms of my own research, my research um, really is at the intersections of law, criminology, um, mental health and disability. And so I'm interested in how young people and adults, in fact, um, who have mental health uh, issues or disability um, are treated within the criminal justice system. So not only what are their vulnerabilities and what may influence them to engage in crime, but really more importantly, how is the criminal justice system um, equipped or not equipped with addressing their needs? And um, as a result of difficulties in identifying um, young people who have disabilities and mental health issues, what are some of the consequences that occur uh, simply by interacting with the criminal justice system? What happens um, because they're not identified? And so we've seen many, many tragedies occur as a result of um, uh, misunderstanding mental health and disability um, and really not having the, the tools to address the underlying needs of individuals in the criminal justice system. And so this is where some of my research uh, uh, lies. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, and, and finally, uh, Professor Hennigar, uh, you're in the Department of Political Science. Uh, what type of research is being done in the department and, and yourself for um, FPAC? Right, so uh, actually my colleague Tim Heinmiller and I have done work trying to explain 
the changes to the laws governing uh, youth criminal justice, as well as gun control. Um, and on my own, along with my students, uh, I've done work uh, trying to explain policy changes around medical assistance and dying, for example, uh, as well as studying the impact on the criminal justice uh, system and policies uh, of court decisions involving the charter's legal rights. And a lot of my research actually focuses around um, when the federal government ends up in court, uh, particularly the Supreme Court of Canada, uh, in charter cases. And a lot of these cases involve criminal justice policy. So how do the governments fare? What kinds of arguments are they making uh, to defend their policies? And you know how, how well does that go for them uh, in, in the Supreme Court? And, and often the answer is, is, is not very well um, in, in the last decade or so. So uh, that's really where my focus lies in my research. That's uh, and so thank you all, all for sharing uh, all about the program and about and your research and your department's research. Um, it's fascinating to see the um, many perspectives uh, that students will be able to um, solve issues with and, and analyze situations and and uh, topics throughout their time at Brock. Um, so it's a big thank you for joining us today and uh, sharing your experiences and, and sharing uh, everything about forensic psychology and criminal justice. Uh, and best of luck with the rest of the semester. Thank you. Thank you for having us on. Thanks for joining us. If you have any questions, you can contact us by email at futurestudent at brocku.ca.